Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 welcome to the andrea k show she's blonde five foot two and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress here she is andrea k Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It's Tuesday. Yeah, I guess we don't have any sound for that. Carrot, stick, uh, carrot sticks, potato skins, and I are going to have to come up with some good. Yeah, sound. Yeah, there's no Tuesday. There's got to be a great Tuesday sound. Out yeah, there. we got to find some Tuesday sound. We got to find something that that sounds like freedom, that sounds like equality, individual liberty. That we're all united. Can we just play a soundbite of Donald J. Trump? Yeah, you know what? Let's find let's find a good one for that. Yeah, we we must. I'm wondering for you guys tonight. Great great lineup of guests for you guys tonight. We've got Curtis Ellis back. He's part of the America First Pack and was um, a key advisor to the Trump campaign in 2016. Who's going to be here? We've got our friend Jen Kearns, incredible GOP strategist, to talk about the um, the police. There's a backlash that's starting. From police departments everywhere, I think there's a backlash, and Jen Kearns is going to be here to talk about that as she represents Blue Lives Matter as on top of being a GOP strategist. I think that the backlash is starting, and it's going to get fierce. I think that the Democrats really overplayed their hand, and we're going to talk about that tonight. I mentioned a little bit last night, but then after what I saw today, it's clear how how far they've overplayed it. And so we're gonna we're gonna delve into that. We've got some interesting news out of San Diego today because all oh, the left just really thought that they were gonna they were gonna maximize, and and I got to give it to them. They are absolutely incredible at maximizing crisis for their advantage, but they went too far because some of the demands like here in San Diego that we're going to talk about wanting to defund what they wanted to take the money from police departments for on top of all the other gross displays of exploitation that went on today. Yeah, we're we're seeing some serious backlash. So we've got a lot to talk about tonight. I would love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. I got to steal an idea. I saw somebody post a tweet today that said, describe the Democrat Party in one word. And you can either call in 888-344-1170. We're streaming live on Facebook right now on The Answer San Diego. We're also going to share that in our private little group called Caniacs. And I, describe the Democrat Party in one word. And as I introduce my right-hand man here tonight, I'm wondering if he's got a word to describe the Democrat Party. Of course, I'm talking about the one and only DJ Potato Skins. We need a leader that can bring back our potatoes. With your love and your devotion and with your drive, we are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. DJ The instant word that came to my head is far too nice, so I'm going to tell you what it is. It's lame, but that, that's not the one I'm going to choose. How about pathetic? Um, uh, pathetic is it, they are pathetic. Um, 
I got to think about it because I got to think about how I can describe it in, in, in PG, in PG form. Um, because enough. because I'm not one. I was raised to, to not cuss a whole lot. I don't really cuss. And in fact, we made up our cuss words when I was growing up as kids, uh, which uh, Carrot Sticks always thought was funny. Um, but to me, they are, I got to think about one word that can describe somebody who's so full of hate, yet at the same time, um, it wants to display that hate on you by bullying you into submission, by convincing you what a worthless piece of dirt you are under their shoes. And I got to think of a word that accurately describes it. The hypocrisy going on. I saw you can think that George Floyd's death was a crime that deserves punishment and also think that the memorial service Broadcast doesn't this what second or third? I I thought today is this John McCain all over again? You you can think that his that his death was an absolute uh, abomination of a crime that, that should absolutely be be um, be a crime that should be punished, and also see what went down today and what was broadcast today and what was what was on display today in this country was an absolutely disgusting pl- display of exploitation. I got to thinking about my best friend's mother who got a phone call that her sister had about three days left to live and she was not allowed to go to the nursing home and say goodbye to her sister. They still haven't had a funeral service. I got to thinking today as I heard what the nephew today at this at this memorial service saying that America was never a great country. I got to thinking about all the military heroes who fought and died for this country. To save the world, and not just for this country, but to save the world from Nazism, to save the world from communism. All the military people that have, have left their families, left their homes. Did any of you, any of the Floyd family, lost their loved one? Any of you left your family for a year at a time to go on some deployment around the world? Not knowing if you're going to come back to deliver humanitarian aid? Did you lose limbs? Any of the Floyd family lose limbs to IEDs over in the endless war in Afghanistan? You're talking about this country was never great? Name another country that's better. If you and the Floyd family or any Democrat today up on that stage, you don't you don't like this country and you think it's horrible, then get out. Because you know how many people are at the border right now trying to get in here? The hate that was displayed today was astonishing to me. And to hear people, to, to hear somebody on a major network whose name I won't even mention at this point because they don't deserve it, refer to, compare George Floyd to Rosa Parks, made this, my skin crawl. Just made Didn't my hear skin that. crawl. I'll tell you who it was. It was it was Dana. Is there anything between her ears? Uh, Perino, who I always thought was an absolutely completely overrated spokesperson, not worth her, not worth it's her, a horrible not analogy. Worth her, yeah, not worth her weight in hairspray. But you, you know, if you've been paying any attention, you know. And hat tip to the president of the Police Brotherhoods Association, I guess, out of New York today, who took to the microphones and on the perfect day to do it. I think he had probably had enough himself after watching that display that went on in Houston. How many business on it? And he said he was sick and tired of the police being vilified and the media vilifying him all day long. And that's what went on. When you compare George Floyd to Rosa Parks, you are vilifying every police officer who's, who leaves their family every day. How many wives? And, and parents and, and mothers of young kids kiss their husband or hu- husbands kiss their wives and send them off to do a routine stop only and have them never come back. This this the head of the Police Brothers Association today said, what, how many hundreds of million, millions of interactions do we have a year as police departments across this country that are positive? 
I kept to thinking today as I saw hundreds, we've seen hundreds of thousands of protesters and rioters across this country getting encouraged by the left. And I saw hundreds packed into a church today, packed into a church today. And I thought to myself, how many patriotic military or former military owned small business owners have had their lives destroyed by government that arbitrarily shut down their business and said, you know what? You better, you're done. I don't care how, I don't care if you've got 30 years. I don't care how much financially you've invested. I don't know how much debt you've got on the line for this business. I don't care what this is going to do to your family or whether or not your kids can eat. We've decided because we're, we're Gavin Newsom or we're Whitmer, Michigan or wherever. We've decided to shut your business down in, 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 for an undetermined period of time. And you're sitting there watching that today. You're not allowed to operate your business. Your business has been destroyed. You're bankrupt. Never going to come back. Don't know how you're going to feed your kids. But the Floyd family can vilify this country. Only in America could we have that happening. Could we have, let me read you a little bedtime story. And yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because when there's, what, 40 million Americans out of work for this coronavirus, but yet we can have hundreds packed into a church to celebrate one man who's got privilege. Who's being discriminated against in this country? His death was an abomination. But so, so to me is how it's being exploited for power. And see, was Joe, Joe Biden was there? Former, this man was given like a heads of state. Let's give, let's give a little truth. Let me read you a little story. I don't know how to say the first name. A racely Henriquez was eight months pregnant when she went to the door and saw a man in a blue uniform with a clipboard claiming he was from the water company. He wasn't. She opened the door and he immediately pushed his way in. She tried to close the door on him, but he smashed her head in with his gun and entered her apartment. She pleaded for mercy as he pushed his gun against her pregnant belly and asked her to give up all her money and jewelry. She had none as he fled. Neighbors caught his license plate. Later, police tracked him down. He was George Floyd, and he pled down to five years for aggravated robbery. Is that the gentle giant you heard described today? But let's say this isn't true. Let's say he didn't, he didn't hold a gun to a pregnant woman's belly and threaten to kill her for jewelry to rob her. You look at, all, you look at the millions of Americans whose lives are being destroyed right now by a government for these shutdowns. You look at how many others' lives are being destroyed or being destroyed or will be destroyed with this push for power, the push to defund police, the, the push to vilify one half of the half of the country with the false narrative of white privilege and what the end game is for the Democrats. It's just absolutely astounding. And I think there's going to be an incredible backlash coming for this. So we're going to take a break and we're going to continue this on the other side of the break. We've got my friend Jen Kearns is going to be here. I think there's going to be a backlash because one of the reasons why that head of that police officers association in New York went ballistic was the number. Do you guys not only do very few people know that story about George Floyd, but how many people know today? Imagine if you were David Dorn's family watching that. Imagine if you were one of the 600, one of the families of the 600 officers that have been attacked and how many killed in these protests. And yet nobody's caring about them today. We're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. 
AK, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Question of the day is, what's your one word to describe the Democrat Party? We'll see if my girl Jen Kearns has a little pithy little word for it. She's quite the wordsmith. Follow her on Twitter at Jen Kearns USA. She's a contributor at The Hill and other places. She's a phenomenal, brilliant GOP strategist. She has written quite a few questions for presidential debates in the past, some of which you might recognize. And she's here to talk tonight about back in the blue. Hi, Jen Kearns. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. Hey, girl, what's going on? Well, um, before we talk about back in the blue and the backlash, I think, on behalf of uh, four police officers everywhere, you got a, you got a one word to describe the Democrat Party. <laughs> Fascist. Fascist. Yeah. Fascist. And, yeah. and I'll tell you why before I jump into the blue. What we're going through in this country it isn't the hippie movement that our parents saw in the late 60s. It isn't like the civil rights movement that we saw in the 1950s and 60s that our parents did. This is very similar to the Cultural Revolution, which, by the way, was anything but cultural. But it happened in China starting in 1966 and went for 10 years to 1976. And it, it was the biggest purge of opinion that the world has seen other than, uh, you know, the, the Nazi era. And that is exactly what we're going through. Here is why I call the Democratic Party of today fascist. The literal definition of fascism, if you look it up in the Merriam-Webster dictionary, is forced suppression of opposing opinion. And then it gives some examples. It says through marches and protests and through violence. That is the textbook definition of what we're going through today. That is why the Democratic Party today is fascist. And so it's a Black Lives Matter movement. Well, yeah, it's just it's just called something differently today. It's called the cancel culture. And, you know, we're I'm going to start doing a cancel culture segment. You know, every show I've got a story coming out of UCLA today. I want to spend my time with you talking about backing the blue. Um, But but they are everybody's life is under a microscope. And you were either saying you you look at the editor of The New York Times or the or the um, the other guy from Philadelphia that whatever. Uh, that newspaper was yesterday you know it it doesn't matter whether or not you towed the liberal line for 20 years you say anything now that's not what they want to hear that that isn't an an opinion in opposition and you are dead you are dead this whole kneeling thing to me is the equivalent of kneeling who else makes you kneel in front of them isis right before they cut your head off this is there is zero tolerance and it is it literally at the point to where they will do anything that they can to destroy you personally and professionally and financially it's it's the cancel culture is also it's also um played out in what we saw with the fbi and the doj you know everything is weaponized against anybody that has an opposing viewpoint and every means whether it's in the social media the mob um you know the uh, you look at uh, the um, the FBI and the DOJ. I mean, it, it's fascism at every level. And I'm, I have to have you back soon to talk about really the re- Republican response to all this, because they haven't done anything to do. Where have they been defending police officers? Have they been defending white America? Have they defended this country? No, there's reports tonight about Mitch McConnell wanting to, to partner, have Tim Scott uh, decide what policy reforms we should have as a country. Well, first of all, it, you know, my understanding is, you know, each police department is its own 
entity and it should be this should be a local not a federalizing of the police departments around the country and what kind of pandering is that uh to you know the only guy who's who's in the republican party that's that's qualified to discuss what happens is the black guy come on jen kearns Right. And look, that that is tokenism at its finest. Right. And that's yeah. what we don't want to be. Uh, there are a great many people that they could be calling on to have these discussions. How about NYPD commissioner uh, back in, uh, during 9-11, Bernard Carrick? He's a guy that's on our board of the Wounded Blue. He can help the situation. He can talk about how you, you have to train police officers in a certain way. You look at Lieutenant Randy Sutton, the founder of our Wounded Blue. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a guy who's trained thousands of officers across the country and he said if any of them had behaved like some of these bad apples i would personally go there and i would you know grab them by the collar look the majority of officers and i it's not even 90 percent. it's 98.999 percent don't do what we saw the officer in minneapolis do um and and that case still has yet to be tried we still have yet to hear the evidence in that. Uh, but you're right, that this kneeling, uh, this giving up, this retreating, I think the Republicans were not prepared for this. They are back on their heels, and you know what it means to be in the defensive position. If you're on defense, you're losing. Yeah, and... Um I, but I think the tide is turning. A poll came out yesterday that 70 percent of Americans, including all of, over 50 percent of black Americans, have still have a favorable viewpoint of the police department. And we and 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 um, despite the mainstream media, despite the gross exploitation of this death today with these these continued like state funerals with the vice president there for a man who held held a gun. You know, his death was was an abomination. It's cr- a criminal act that needs to uh, have justice brought to bear. But the state funeral done today with hundreds of people packed into a church um, was wrong on so many levels. And I think that's the kind of thing that's going to have backlash when on the same day David Dorn's funeral happened and nobody gave a gave a crap. We had we had um, an ambush of 12 officers that were shot in Dallas and five killed by a sniper who said that he was looking to see white cops that he could kill, that he sympathized with the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, Randy Sutton has been out on media uh, from your organization, Wounded Blue, that more than 700 law enforcement officers have been injured. And I think that that's with nearly 300 just in, in, in New York alone. And um, right. the, and the American and, and then on top of it, and the American people are seeing this happen. The American people saw cars. I, I think it was in New York. Would somebody mow down cops on the street? And so the, the head of the Police Brothers Association in New York came out today and gave an impassioned speech and said, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of cops being vilified. Uh, you know, where's you know, you, you have no moral authority to your movement. When only one man's life matters and all these other cops, dead cops, including black cops, when they don't matter. That's right. And, and here are the daunting numbers tonight. More than 700 frontline law enforcement officers just three weeks ago during the COVID-19 crisis, right? We were talking about how brave and how wonderful these frontline uh, first responders work. What happened to that? So more than 700 of them tonight have been injured on the job at the hands of these so-called peaceful protesters, right? Um, nearly 300 of those in New York City. Uh, you look at uh, the, the protest in Washington, D.C. You had 60-plus Secret Service agents injured. 
uh, you had 40 plus U.S. Park Police also injured. 22 of those, by the way, were hospitalized and they have serious injuries. Those are life altering injuries like brain injuries, paralysis, you name it. That's according to AG Bill Barr. Uh, and then you also have 150 federal buildings just over the last 10 days. 150 federal wow. buildings have been damaged across the country. That's according to Homeland Security's Federal Protective Services. Now, look, here, here's the situation. 80% of police departments across the country, um, they don't have comprehensive benefits for a lot of these guys, right? And so, so the impression, and I'm a big taxpayer gal. I know you are, too. We always fight for the taxpayer, right? Um, the, the myth out there is that the police have these cushy golden parachutes and that they, they retire or they go out with a broken arm. They're set for life. That's actually not true. And 80 percent of these police departments uh, don't have disability. So if they have to be out, if they've been ordered by a doctor, said you have a broken ankle or broken uh, arm or something and you have to be out from these protests for two weeks or six weeks, they don't get paid during that time. I didn't and that. here's the kicker. The younger officers who are not yet vested in those pension programs, if they are out and can't ever be cleared medically to go back to work, they lose their entire pension. So they're not like these old guys out there, you know, our, our dad's age who've been there for 35 years, they're going to retire and be fine. The majority of officers today that were involved in, in the attacks that happened to them um, on the front lines were the young guys, and a lot of those guys won't be taken care of by their departments, unfortunately, and their big cities, because as you see, de Blasio and Eric Garcetti already defunding the police. So we set up a GoFundMe. You can look on GoFundMe. I know they've been deplatforming, but we haven't been deplatformed. Um, uh, I think because they know if they do it to to me, uh, I will sue the pants off of them. So you can go there, look up Wounded Blue. I uh, looked a few minutes ago. We're already up to over $15,000. I think we want to go to 50000 uh, So everybody, I know San Diego is a hugely patriotic town, so we appreciate the, the time. and having you talk about it on air. Yeah, in fact, San Diego, our city council increased police funding, much to the chagrin of the rest of the country, um, you know, because uh, I, I, we are a patriotic town. We're also a town that, you know, we respect our police force. I mean, I didn't like the fact that they were they were dragging people off of beaches and arresting people here. Um, but, right. but you know, we... It, and many of them, by the way, didn't want to be doing that. And no. Randy Sutton was out there talking about that, that some of these police officers were actually pretending they didn't see people and they kept on going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, th- you know, I, I talked last night and I'll have to leave it at this. You know, it, the very people talking about defunding the police department, the very people that, um, you know, I think even somebody out of L.A. or some, so the head of the, uh, the school district in L.A. was calling for defunding the police department. But then she was... Uh, scared or something outside of her home and now she's got cop cars outside of her house you know there was yeah. a video that went viral of a man with came and chased off some riders uh that were screaming f the police and he ran them off with a chainsaw and you can hear one of them in the background somebody call 911 and call the cops so you know <laughs> this is such nonsense the reality is is we desperately need our police officers they do serve and protect us they risk their lives there's no such thing as a routine stop there's not one of us that hasn't benefited at some point in some way from law enforcement. And we need to do right by them. We need to stand up against the lies and the vilification of what's going on against our cops. And we need to help support them because you're right. They don't they don't they don't get like some fat, you know, check. And many people don't know that. Tell everybody again one last time before we go where they can go to the GoFundMe. 
They can go to woundedblue.org or they can just look on GoFundMe. It's called Wounded Blue Fund. Thank you so much for being here, Jen Kearns. All right, we're, so all right, honey. We're going to take a break. We come back. We got Curtis Ellis is going to be here. Andrea K. Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K A Y E. Andrea K. Bringing the world a much needed reality check. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Did y'all know we got an election coming up? There was actually an election today, a primary down in Georgia, and uh, John Roberts, Supreme Court uh, Justice John Roberts, is trending on Twitter. I guess there were some lines today, and it's all John Roberts' fault. <laughs> Joining me now to uh, discuss uh, where Joe Biden and Trump and where we're going into the elections is uh, in, in this fall is none other than Curtis Ellis. He is the former Trump administration official in the Labor Department, senior policy advisor on the presidential transition team and the 2016 Trump-Pence campaign. And he is here to talk all things Trump and going into the election. Hi there, Curtis Ellis. Welcome back to the show. It is great to be here with you. Thanks oh, for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Um, gosh, you, see, you you just have so much, uh, so many different areas in your background that we could talk about. Um, I, I, let me ask you this: We got uh, I, you can you can think that you can understand that George Floyd's death was a crime that deserves punishment, and also understand that it's been grossly, disturbingly exploited by the left for power. And to me, I see this exploitation in part, this race war, if you will, as people, friends of mine on my Facebook live stream are referring to it as a great opportunity for them to try to counter the upcoming forthcoming, if not we're already in the middle of it, economic um, recovery um, bounce back. How do you see it? Well, it certainly does uh, enter, uh, bring into doubt uh, people's willingness to go out and businesses to open. I happen to be right in the middle of New York City right now in Manhattan, and a lot of windows are boarded up, not because they've had bricks thrown through them, because they haven't. They're afraid that will happen. And I'm wondering, when is the plywood going to come down? Mm -hmm. The city has been in lockdown for three months, and everything's come to a standstill. And now uh, there is this extra uncertainty of will there be looters? Will there be trouble? And so uh, you have to wonder if they allow outdoor dining, will people want to go dine outdoors if some crazy mob might swing by and start trashing things? So it it just it it, it's, it has a corrosive effect uh, and and outsized to its proportion, outsized to its real size because it's occurring in a vacuum. Normal life has been shut down because of the lockdown. Normal, there is no normal life. So into this void, you now throw in street protests and rioting, and the riots have calmed down here in New York. Uh, there's over the last few days, we, we haven't seen any violence like we saw last weekend, uh, the weekend before last. And, and thank God for that. But it's still it's an eerie feeling. And people are already on edge because of being locked down for three months. So this just adds to the uh, discomfort level. And it, it could make people more skittish about 
going, there is no normal life to go back to, and this adds yet another degree of trepidation to the whole equation. Well, I think it. I think it uh, plays into. I think the way that the left is exploiting this to counter the economic boomerang or, or bounce back, the blue collar bounce bounce back, is a variety of different ways. Number one, yeah, it keeps people from, from going outside. You know, you're destroying businesses in an entire neighborhood. Those businesses aren't going to get any customers, particularly if they've been burned down. Um, you've got then mm-hmm. you've got a community that's been burned down, and the Democrats blame the Republican Party for that, and they blame Trump for it. So now those people think, oh, now that I'm suffering in my community, it's Trump's fault. I'm suffering economically, it's Trump's fault. I'm going to vote for Biden. Another way that they exploit it for power um, to counter Trump's economic, uh, the the forthcoming. Um, economic bounce back is just in good the good old fashioned strategy of identity politics. Make 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 uh, the voters and the Democrat voters hate Trump and the Trump administration and everything that, that make America great stands for. Make that racist again. Revive that because nobody was talking about that in a while, right? That kind of died down right. when the reality of uh, Trump's economic policies took root, and we saw that for Black Americans it was the lowest unemployment. We saw him funding historically black black colleges we saw his opportunity zones so they were looking at this amazing economic recovery and thinking okay well what can we do we don't we don't have a message that can count counter that at least not with any honesty so now gee what can we do we can now fan the flames of this race war to where we've got george floyd's nephew up there saying this country was never great it was never good and it's all now it's all about the cancel culture and now it's about pressuring the republican party they're either you're either going to give them the policies that they want or you're a racist. They've also can exploit it by with the defund police uh, idea. They can then pressure Republicans into going along with taking money in various areas from police departments to fund things like here in San Diego. They try to get away with funding, taking money from the police departments for rent relief for all these different social um, uh, redistribution schemes, kind of like what they've done with the shutdown. So I think they're doing a masterful job of using all of this. From the shutdowns to now this is a way to take the oxygen away from Trump economically, as well as, um, you know, just have an identity politics issue that they can use against him. No, absolutely. Look, what did we learn through all these protests before the protests even started? Ninety nine point nine nine percent of America uh, thought the sadistic, brutal murder of this guy in broad daylight was unconscionable. And this is out. They were we, we all were totally outraged by it. You know, you've got a fraction of a percent of people who are mentally unstable who didn't see a problem there. But so it's not like we learned something through all these protests that these protests educated America as to the problem of out of control law enforcement people, uh, whatever you, however you want to put it, everyone is already there. So what the left did is exactly what you're talking about. They turned something that everybody was appalled by into a teaching moment on systemic racism. And we need to overturn the system. We need to revamp the culture. The way you heard Governor Cuomo talking about, we're never going back to normal. We need a new normal. And we're going to have social justice everywhere because of the pandemic. Well, now we need to overthrow the capitalist system because this this, this crazy cop, this dirty cop up in Minneapolis murdered somebody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a take. It, the left's tactics have always been when you see a parade, jump in front of it and then turn it in the direction you want to go. 
And so they're taking pot. Look, if America was such a racist country, they never would have elected Barack Obama twice. And they wouldn't have been outraged about this cop doing what he did. But we did elect Barack Obama twice. And we are all outraged about police out of control policing tactics. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even call that a policing tactics. I mean, that was murder. I mean, yeah. so people were outraged about it already. If we're so racist, why, why, why were we all outraged? Well, the answer is we're not so racist. Right. And this is probably the least racist country on Earth. Say, so go to Japan, go to China. Japan, they, they hate everybody who's not Japanese. They think we're all inferior to them. So uh, try living there for a while. Let's talk uh, about, but in the couple minutes we have left, let's talk about, let's say you're advising Trump right now. Uh, what's trending on Twitter right now is that Stephen Miller is writing his speech. There's been a lot of people, including, quote, conservatives, saying that Trump needs to get out there. He needs to be showing compassion, which which translates into uh, supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, because, you know, it's you're it's you can live a life like he did where um, there's been no uh, like Drew Brees, where there's been no acts of racism on your part. You've done nothing wrong. That's not good enough now. Now you've got to pay the ransom. You've got to write checks. You've got to fulfill a list of demands. Otherwise, you're, you're assumed racist. So um, everybody's tr- pressuring Trump right now to come out and issue a statement. What the Republican Party has done is decided Mitch McConnell's decided he's going to have Tim Scott, which to me is a disgusting display of of pandering to have as though the only a person in, in the Republican Party who has the right to speak out and come up with reforms is the black guy. What do, what do you advise Trump to do at this point? Well, I know Stephen Miller, and I worked with him very closely on the campaign. You couldn't have a, he couldn't have a better speechwriter and a better advisor. So uh, I trust that uh, Stephen is going to do a great job on this speech. It's going to be it's going to hit it out of the park. The president has to, and I know he will do this. President will reestablish American principles. The, the ideals that our country was founded on. We, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. And these, and that's so important, endowed by our creator. We are all equal in the eyes of God. We're all children of <laughs> God, me. and we all strive to be. Excuse and me for laughing, Curtis, but wasn't that what Joe Biden was trying to say? Oh, you know the thing. Didn't he? Wasn't that what he was? <laughs> Isn't that what he was trying to quote? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was trying to say that, but he couldn't quite remember. Well, you and, did. Uh, and we have to stand up, and we're going to stand up against these uh, against the, 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 the crazies who talk about defunding the police, reimagining the police. Anytime I hear about somebody reimagining something, I say, hold on to your wallet and watch out, because whatever they imagine ain't going to work. No, of you know, course they, not. Of, <laughs> of course not. We can see we can see how well the Democrat schemes are working right now, where you have, like here in the state of California, where they, they seized control of all capital by exploiting the coronavirus. We have yet, it was supposed to be flattening the curve, and now how many, uh, over 100 days later, uh, we, we have completely crippled entire industries like AMC theaters and restaurants and uh, bars that are never going to reopen. And when you've got half of a neighborhood that's that's got businesses that are bankrupted, I mean, just 
just the way it extends out is just um, the the damage is, you know, um, is incalculable. So and I'm over break, but I'm going to give you 30 seconds to answer how you think Trump can counter with these Democrats continuing to push and keep these shutdowns going, which are doing economic damage. How and Trump's going to he's going to start his rallies up again. How can his message of 2016, how will that resonate again? We're going to make America great again, again, greater than ever. There's an old saying, the best civil rights program is a job. And when people are prosperous, they don't have time to hate. And people have a house, they're too busy to become communists. We need more property in more people's hands. Let's let's have a, a greater property ownership in America, more jobs in America, and that will solve all our problems. It's that simple. We don't need to reimagine anything. We just need to put America to work, bring our jobs back from China, give America because that give America the jobs that were given away to China and everything will be fine. Well, Curtis Ellis, thank you so much for, for coming here tonight and talking about it. I put you through it. I put you through like a lightning round of different topics. And uh, thank you. And you made me laugh because you made me think about Joe Biden. All right. Thank Yay. you for being Thank you so much for thank being here. You. I appreciate it. All right. Now, thank stay tuned. Uh, we're get, we got more on the other side of the break. In fact, we got a caller holding. He's got he's got one word to describe the Democrat Party. I can't wait to hear what it is. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Uh, the question of the day was, what's your one word to describe the Democrat Party? we got a caller that's been holding, Ken from St. Louis. Hey, Ken, welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. What's your word? Oh, which one? Let me pick. Uh, delusional. <laughs> Lost. Demented. Insane. And before I, before I go any farther, as a Hollywood Marine, I'd like to give a Semper Fi and an Urah to all my brothers and sisters out at MCRD San Diego. Oh! Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, where did you go through basic? Uh, MCR, MCRD San Diego. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, my parents went through Paris Island. They say that's where the real uh, basic training happens. Well, <laughs> you have a family, but you don't have to worry about mother. <laughs> we'll, we'll just leave it at that since we are on the radio. <laughs> uh, quick question. Uh, real quick question because uh, Potato Skins and I have a topic to get into here. What do you think of uh, General Mattis? Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read his dissertation, but, uh, as much as, as much as I like, you know, he, he earned the moniker of the warrior monk. I, I think his ideology and philosophy slipped quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, and, he... and this is, and, you know, and this is, and this is a person who actually, I, I mean, I, I, I always, you know, we were joking, a bunch of us Marines, we were talking, you know, for if he ran for office, it'd be his uh, his moniker and slogan, Mad Dog 2020. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. A lot of people might not know. Potato skins, you know what Mad Dog 2020 is? No, I don't. That's some cheap wine, man. That's yeah. that's some that's some bougie lipple. Well, Kent, thank oh, you. Oh yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You yeah, you walk. Yeah, you drink enough of that, and you'll be seeing things with papers. <laughs> but anyways, like oh, um, also, not, not, I'm not just also a marine. I'm also a Missouri State delegate for Mr. Donald J. Trump, as well as I'm a member of the Front Row Joe. Oh, that's fantastic. Do you happen to know our brother Ed Martin? He's got a show, the Pro America Report, that comes on at seven after us. 
Uh, no, I do not. Okay, he's no, I, he, uh, he right in your neck of the woods. Yeah, my friend. he was from St. Louis, where uh, with uh, Phyllis Schlafly, he took over her her Eagle Forum outfit. So, Ken, you'll have to call back when we got more time to chat with you. And God bless you, and thank you for your service. Oh, thank you very much. And by the way, keep America great again. Oh, thank you so much for calling. Um, I got an email from somebody emailing me to Andrea K. Show. His word for the Democrats was duplicitous. So we got we've kind of got a you know an, an alliteration. Kind of like that one. Yeah, we got a D theme going on. Okay, so um, national news today is that the San Diego City Council was trending on Twitter that they increased funding for the police department by twenty seven million dollars. Um, why do you think San Diego? What is it about us? Um, potato skins and why you think that we did this. You know, I mean, everybody says that California is a land of fruits and nuts and they're, you know, that's a fairly accurate statement. But there's something about you go, you start going south of L.A. and the values in San Diego and the the the, the principles, I think, are a lot different. They're a lot more family friendly. We, I think uh, this is just my opinion. I think we respect military and law enforcement a lot more. I'm not saying that there's people north of us that don't, but I think you get a really strong sense of that here. And so when people are, you know, talking about defunding the police and the police here to blame, I think a lot of San Diego, it's not everybody, don't buy that. I think we're, we restructure, yes, maybe, but defund that? No way. Well, and I, I, here's my theory. We are, we may be considered on the bluish side now or purple, but we are traditionally a conservative town. Sure. Who's the party that are racist? The Democrats are the party that are racist. Usually the ones that are pointing the finger, they, Andrea. Well, they view everything from the lens of color. Everything is about color. That's what white privilege is about. It's about judging a, a whole group of people on the basis of their skin color. Yeah, maybe that cop was bad that killed George Floyd and he needs to be reprimanded. But again, as you, uh, uh, I, I think, have pointed out, and if you haven't, um, this guy has had a history of making bad decisions that not – they didn't just involve black people. They involved other people as well. So it's just – a. You know, this guy should not be in law enforcement and blame the Democrats that are in charge. Listen, the Democrat Party is the party of racism. They view everything from the, from the lens of race. They actually were the party of the KKK. It was Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton, I think, referred to Robert Byrd, who's the head of the KKK, as her mentor. They it was LBJ reportedly said, I'll have those blanks voting Democrat You know, from here on out. I mean, they are not they every Republican voted for the civil rights bill back in the 60s and every democrat voted against it they are the party of racism not the republican party and they i like using and, and, it as a tool and that's it right and we and we don't have a history of problems with the police department here in san diego targeting black people you can't you and and while that narrative is false nationally there's just no way to pin that and label that on our san diego police department in fact i posted an article yesterday we've had what we've had i think more of a pattern of is we've had certain police officers actually targeting women on on traffic stops and sexually assaulting and harassing women. I mean, you know, there was one guy who did it for like eight years. I can't remember his his name. So I think that, um, and, and so that's one reason why it kind of defies credulity and kind of a head scratcher that Kevin Faulkner would um, dedicate money. He says we're $365 billion in the hole from coronavirus, but he decides to open up a new office of race and equity when we don't have, we don't have a race problem. That he's He's acting like a Democrat. When you when you when you when you act as though there's a problem with racism when there isn't, you're actually you're fostering it. You're creating it. 
We don't need to. We don't need to spend uh, fifteen billion million dollars or whatever it is on an office of, of race and equity. But that anyway, that's my theory for why San Diego increased our police funding. We're good. We good. All right, and we're good here on the show. We're going to be back tomorrow night at Wednesday Hump Day. We'll be back six p.m. Pacific time. We're going to talk about AG Bar and the Durham probe. See y'all tomorrow. Come-